Ipswich became kind of like my home. Why would you treat someone like that before he leaves? It's like, well, you know, you get this kind of sour taste of like, what's going on? Like, is this how life is supposed to be? I knew my opportunities were not going to be as much because like I said, a lot of it had to do with my permit, like my passport issues. I knew that. Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of Ross Meets It's Series Free Time. I'm so excited to bring you more episodes, more stories and memories from former town players who spoke to me about their careers from the ups to the downs and everything in between. And I want to say a big thank you to all the listeners out there who've enjoyed the series so far. And well, this is the episode that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. When I started this series, I made a list of names of players that I wanted to speak to. And I'm going to admit this right now, Jamie Peters was on top of that list and right now I am buzzing because I've been wanting to speak to Jamie Peters for a very long time and I'm just so happy that I've been able to share this episode with you guys and a big thank you to Jamie for for chatting to me, taking up his time to talk about his time at town and his career as a whole, Um, his early life in Canada to making that journey to to Ipswich of course, he he signed for Kaiserslautern in Germany, Uh, that spell there and then getting that time to, to course come to England had trials at Chelsea Man United uh, other clubs like that and then he of course signed for town under Joe Royal and it was just great to hear his story that you know the work permits the passport stuff he had to go through and we went through everything during his time at town from the managers Joe Royal Jim McGilton Roy Keane Paul Jewell um, different moments during his time at town and I just I just cannot wait to share this episode. Um, so I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to let you guys enjoy it. Um, of course, Jamie explained the reason why he hasn't played for another football club since he left town back in 2012. Um, of course, now he's back at his um, back in Canada right now, coaching kids. And it was just great to hear his story of his journey in football. And Jamie, what a pleasure it was chatting with him. And I just cannot wait to share this. So let's start rambling. Let's get into the episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again. Sit back and relax. And I'm going to play that play button. So enjoy episode two, series three of Ross Meets with Jamie Peters. Let's go. Well, Jamie, thank you very much for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you on the series. Um, I'm going to start off with how you've been doing, uh, my friend, during these weird, weird times we've been living in. Yeah, um... I'm okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? The the lockdown has been not the best, but it hasn't been as bad as I would say other people. Um, everybody's healthy with me and my family so far, so I'm grateful for that. And I don't, most of my friends and family are healthy, so that's the main thing for me. That, uh, yeah, since everybody's healthy, I'm good. And I still, like I said, I'm coaching kids at the moment, so it's that is a little bit of a halt as in you can't play games and stuff here. So, but you still could train them in groups of 10 when you're outside. So it's better than doing anything, uh, doing nothing. Sorry. You know, so that's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, thanks for coming on. You know, you're now back in Canada and of course where you, you know, you're born and raised uh, in terms of, you know, it was, you know, it's called soccer in, you know, in, in America and in Canada and stuff like that. Um, how did you get into, to, football um because that isn't the main sport in Canada of course it's hockey and other sports and stuff like that so how did you yourself get into to football so basically when I was younger I used to play every sport so like I was playing I played basketball I played baseball I played soccer and my two biggest well probably the best sports that I was was um baseball and soccer so I used to play it competitively both of my teams were the best in in Ontario and in Canada so 
that's just how I got into it. People actually, surprising, people would be like, yeah, hockey is the biggest sport. But actually, Canada as a youth, the most people play soccer or, well, football as a youth in Canada. So that's the interesting thing. More people do play soccer more. But the problem is we don't have a professional league. So once you reach a certain age, if you do not become a professional, you're done, basically. Whereas in hockey, you still have that avenue. You have different avenues to get to be a professional. So that's why you get more people um, still playing hockey more than they play soccer. So what was it like, you know, growing up in Canada and stuff, you know, because it's, it's known, you know, for its weather and also, you know, a lot of people, you know, has been born in Canada, a lot of like actors and other, other, you know, people in, in that sort of industry. So it's a great, you know, French as well, you know, were you that side of the, the pond about, you know, the French speaking or are you more? So in Toronto, um, what people don't realize too, everybody's supposed to speak um, both languages, like French and English, but Predominantly, Montreal speaks French. Like that's the first language they speak in Ottawa, our capital. They actually literally both people have to be bilingual. Like they speak both languages. And more like Vancouver and stuff, they they kind of try and speak both languages. But in Toronto, because it's so multicultural, everybody just speaks English. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like you could get like the Spanish and the Portuguese, and people don't really take on the French because they have because it's so multicultural, they take on whatever language they the country that they came from but we sh in school you grow up until you reach like grade 10 and you have to take French but now like since I came back it's actually changed because when I was in school um you only had like one or two schools that were French immersion so basically French immersion is if uh you learn everything in French and then you have like the odd English whereas in um now a lot of the schools our French immersion. So a lot of the kids growing up now are actually learning French fully. And then obviously English is our, what we use normally. So they both speak bilingual now, whereas in, it was me, it was like, whatever. I had one, two periods of French and that was it. So yeah, that's basically, yeah, that's basically it really. Fair play in, <laughs> in terms of, you know, watching, you know, soccer, did you watch much of, you know, let's say the Premier League and other, other, you know, which sort of teams did you like supporting and following and stuff like that? So I grew up loving um, Brazil, the national team. In 94, that's when I really got into it because we don't really get a lot of, we didn't get a lot of football over here. You only get the big teams. So in 94, like the Brazil national team, I loved them. It was Romario and they scored, it was in the US, so it got big thing, right? So once they seemed like Romario, I was like, oh, what team does he play for? So I started watching Barcelona. So that's why I'm a Barcelona fan. And then, um, so growing up, now you'd be like, yeah, Barcelona was on TV, Real Madrid, and basically, yeah, the Premiership, but only like Man United, Liverpool. At that time, it was the big clubs in the 90s. I think it was Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, and maybe the odd Chelsea game, but usually mostly Man United. And I was also a big... I wasn't, a, I used to like watching Man United too, just because I'm actually not a big fan of them, to be honest, but because um, I'm Caribbean, I'm from, the, like my parents are from Grenada and Dwight York is from Trinidad. So, you know, when Caribbean, they're all small islands. So we like to support him and he was at Man United at the time. So I was like, oh, I'm going to start watching Man United. Like he's making it out from a small country and, you know, right next to mine. So I used to watch Man United a lot every weekend. So it was either, it was Man United and Barcelona, but we didn't get a lot of games, only the big teams. And sorry, City A 
City I used to get. So you get like Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan. Lazio was big at the time. So we'd get a lot of City A and just the big premiership teams. So that, but not compared to like, that's another thing. When I went to Germany and England, that's what the culture shock was for me. Like you understand it, but then people, I'm like, you don't understand it. Like I went there and people are football mad. It's like unreal. I was like, it was very overwhelming for me, but it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, you know, you mentioned Germany. That's when you went on to, to go to Germany. How did that sort of come about? Was um, Kaiserslut and all? I saw you in a Bayern Munich tracksuit on you put on Instagram. So how did that sort of come about, Germany and stuff like that? Is that opportunity for you so, to, because you wanted to progress in your football? Unfortunately, with Canada, they probably didn't have the setup for you to, to go on to play professionally. So Germany was just an option for you? So basically, like when you're in Canada, you kind of have to get out between when you're 12 to 16. Like I said, you don't have, we didn't have a professional career. TFC wasn't around, like Toronto FC wasn't around or nothing. So more or less, it's if you to reach 16 or when you, you have to go before you go to university, which is 17, 18, or you're probably not going to become a professional my age. So what clubs used to do here was they used to bring scouts from England, Germany, everywhere. You know what I mean? So the club that I was at, actually, I went to, we were, it was an Italian club and I actually, they were bringing, we used to have camps from clubs in Italy. So like Lazio. And that's when I started first getting exposure. So actually, like I went a couple of times to Italy, to Lazio and stuff. But obviously with my work permit, it's a whole new thing. You guys are obviously Ipswich kind of knows because the way I got there was they know the complications. But basically you can't go to these countries without a certain type of passport work permit. So Basically, until I was 16, I couldn't really go anywhere apart from Germany. So an agent that I had here um, that actually sent me to Ipswich, he had connections in England and I went to Man City first and it didn't work out again because of the work permit. So he had to look around at other countries and he just found just Germany just popped up. So then that's when I went to Germany and uh yeah that was just my opportunity i went there for a week or two they liked me and then literally i was in school i left the next week it was like the middle of school like i think it was september i just left and i signed in in um kaiserslautin for first time for six months and then while i was there that's how i started getting my exposure and that's when teams like bayern munich and stuff started being interested in me so the picture that you see me in is because towards the end of the season i went there like basically like a trial thing for like four or five days yeah. so and that experience was unbelievable so that, that's you mentioned a lot of culture shock you know going to these sort of countries you know like german germany is massive in, in terms of football but for yourself even just the the country itself you know different language and just as a young you know, young young lad so have you ever gone like abroad before have you just been in Canada and maybe gone to maybe you know the Caribbean as you you know you said your your family are from have you ever gone to Europe and stuff like that before so I went to Italy like I said I was traveling with Italy with my team we went only but only Italy so I didn't really know anywhere else so like it was a huge culture like before I'll be honest like you think of Germany you think the language all oh, like it sounds rough you know what I mean so it's like even when Germany came in it's like yeah I, I want to go there that's my first opportunity takeaway opportunity but it's like do I really want to stay in Germany like the language so it was a big culture shock for me as well because when I went there I was like oh 
I really like Germany, you know, like the people are really friendly to me. And you think being as a black person too, you think you always hear of the stories of how, how Germany's racist, but I lived in the South of Germany and it was unbelievable. Like, <laughs> like there, I didn't, I didn't get any part of that. Like, you know what I mean? There was American base that was really close in Kaiserslautern. And so like the racism stuff, I never countered it. Obviously it might be there. And I heard it's more in the North, like Berlin, but where in the South, like Frankfurt, I would first to say that's a great place. That's a great city. Like Kaiserslautern's a great city. And at the time, the club was really good. Like they were two years before that, um, they won the Bundesliga and Balak was there, Jorkaev was there, Closer was there when I was there. So you're growing up and again, you're coming a Canadian that's not used to football. This is like unbelievable. You know, the stadium holds 45, 55,000 fans and it's full out every single week. I'm just like, wow, I want to be part of this. You know, that's like an ambition. That's a motivation to want to play in Europe. So, yeah, that was a little bit of my um, German, I would say, opportunity or how it started in Germany. Definitely. And of course, you know, then you had a lot of interest from other clubs, you know, you know, Chelsea, Man United, um, and of course, Town as well. You know, Frank Yallop, of course, I think was the recommendation for yourself and, you know, for or to Joe Raw as well. But, um, you know, what, what is the story behind, you know, you rejecting Chelsea, Man United? Did you just feel like you weren't going to get a chance there? Of course, big clubs, but, you know, maybe an opportunity for you to maybe go somewhere else to, you know, you're going to get first team football as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, more of it is because, again, because of my work permit, I needed to be to continue to get it. You needed to be playing first team football to be stay in England. So, like you said, when these teams are coming after you, like, let's say, for example, when I was at Man United, they just signed Rooney and, and Ronaldo. So it's like, well, if you look at it now, 10 years later down the world, one's um, world player of the year five times. And the other person is... Uh, to me personally, the greatest English player, because I love Rooney. Like I, I rate him really highly. You know what I mean? He's one of the greatest players to play football. So, you know what I mean? You're like, people will be like, well, why do you reject them? Well, maybe my career would have been done even earlier because you're around people like that with so much pressure. And that, that's not including it. Just that's when Man United was the biggest club in the world. You have Roy Keane, Paul Scholes, Giggs, you know what I mean? Patrice Evras. You have people on the bench is like Saha, like Louis Saha. You think these people are not even playing. You know what I mean? Like Varane's not even in the team. So like you're a 17 year old. You have to come to census like and in the youth team at the time, PK was in the youth team. You know what I mean? Lee Martin was in the youth team as well. So like, you know what I mean? And these guys are good players when they were at Man United, right? Danny Simpson was in the youth team, Frazier Campbell. And just think about it, right? That's the thing of being at a big club. People don't realize that. It's not just, and again, like at Man United, a lot of it's results. So that's why people would be like, well, why don't you give youngsters a chance? Well, if they're winning, yeah, you might get a chance. But if they're not doing well, like what they're doing now, you're not going to get a chance as a youngster. So when you're making decisions like that, you have to think about it too. So people are like, yeah, Man United. And then the same as Chelsea. I really, I was thinking that London, you know, I really wanted to go to Chelsea. I won't lie. But then they just signed Robin, Drogba. <laughs> You know, Duff is there, and I'm just a 17-year-old kid from Canada. Like, who am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they might want me, but who are you? Like, where these guys are coming from, PSV, Marseille, San Carvalho, that's coming from, I think it was Porto. So it's like, and then you have Lampard in there, and Terry, and McAuley. <laughs> so it's like, you got to kind of start thinking, like, 
are you already going to get this opportunity? Maybe I play one, two games, but for my permit issues, I need to play 70% of my games. You know what I mean? So am I going to get that opportunity at 17? I don't, even till this day, I don't think I would. You know, these are some of the best players that ever played football. Maybe you do. You know, these are all hypotheticals, but you have to start thinking logically. Do you want to take the chance when I don't have like a European passport and you sign a two or three year contract and then my career could be done? Or you could take a lower step, which with Ipswich, I, to me, it is a lower step, but you have to do your homework too. I know that uh, Ipswich was known for their youth teams and giving opportunities to the youngsters, actually one of the best at the time, one of the best um, youth setups. You know, and even when I first went there, just before I signed, they won the Youth Cup. So that's just that's just a proven point, right? With people like Owen Gavin and Knightsey and Ed Upson and these guys. So it's like, yeah, I'm I might get my it's a better chance of playing and my longevity of my career. So that's part of the reason why I picked Ipswich, but also too, like you have to see where you feel most welcome too. So you know, you want to sign for the biggest clubs in the world, don't get me wrong. But when you have work permit issues and then you have a club doing petitions for you you're feeling loved you know what I mean so it's like there's other clubs too like I went to Derby and stuff like that because George Burley was obviously there through a Ipswich connection but it's like yeah I felt I felt loved you know what I mean that's where I felt most loved because of what the fans did to get me to the club you know what I mean so that's why I always say no matter how it went there if I played one game if I played 100 games I feel disappointed that I didn't give back because of what they've done to get me to the club. Of course, you know, that the club have got connection with Canadian players before, you know, Craig mm-hmm. Forrest, Frank Gallup, and of course, Jason DeVos was at the club as well when you mm-hmm. signed. So it must have been nice for yourself to, you know, there's been some history with Canadian players. So um, with Frank, did what was your connection with him? Did you just, you know, knew of you as a player? I think he, of course, you were playing already for the the Canadian, you know, national team. So and he was the manager. So was that sort of how it came about? Yeah. So that's basically how it came about. So like, again, I was young and um, I was playing with the national team. I was already playing in the under 20s, like basically two, three years up. And I played with the Olympic team. Like that was like, I think I was six years difference between the times. So I was on the radar for him and he brought me into a camp and we were playing, um, we played Millwall actually, to be fair. It was just the camp, just, to see players, but we played Millwall and I think Hearts, and uh, I did really well. So, you know, again, I have to give a lot of credit to Frank because after I did well on that camp, he kind of started reaching out to clubs, you know, to help me, to get me, he thought, well, like I said, you needed to play in Europe. So he's reaching out to clubs to try and get me to to Europe. And obviously, because he was at Ipswich, and like you said, the Ipswich and Canadian connection, he thought, yeah, like, this is a good club that would look after Jamie with youngsters, and he thought it would be good for my development. So I think that's how it first got connected to Ipswich. And I'm happy that he did that, to be honest. So and, uh, was, um, you know, Joe Royal was the manager and he, you know, he gave you your debut, you know, what was Joe like as a manager? And, you know, I'm sure he was he was keen to give you an opportunity when when the time best um yeah i actually really as a manager for young kids he's actually a really really good man he knows how to well as a whole like the way he takes care of his his um his players is really good like a lot of i think playing in the first team is a lot about man management and that's how if you like that's probably if you hear players say oh yeah i don't like this manager it's probably because the manager didn't treat him personally good but 
I thought as a whole, I think Troll Royal kept everybody, even if they're not playing or they are playing as um, part of his plans and made them feel welcome. So like as a youngster coming through, like he gave me time to adapt. It was, I think it was really important for me because like I said, going from Germany and England, it's still a different culture. You know what I mean? The style of play and stuff like that. So he gave me time to adapt and he gave me my first team, ex first, first um, experience professional game. But also, you know, and in times when he thought he could, he could play me, he can, but he gave me more time, you know, to develop through, you know, going through um, playing with the youth teams and the reserve team. And I know sometimes people are like, yeah, but once you play a couple games with the first team, you think he should always be there. But again, when you're young, that's what you think. But when you start getting older, you realize a lot of these coaches are protecting you because they could either yeah. make your career. You could, like I said, people always look at the messies and stuff. You know what I mean? But they don't realize they do it because the coaches protect them. You know, you know, mm -hmm. they keep them out of the, they don't make it crazy big because when you're 18, I don't care what anybody says. If you're 18 and you're going to be the world's best and then you think you could do whatever you want, you could go, you could go. Because you, again, you're not experienced. You're 18 year old kid. You're getting a lot, maybe a lot of money. He's getting all the girls. You're playing all the time at a big club. People think it's easy to manage. It's not. So this is where you need like a good manager and a good support system around you. And I think uh, Joel, Joel kept me very level-headed and he did really good for me. So like, I enjoyed having Joel as my, it was good for me that he was the first coach that I had at Ipswich, so. Yeah, of course, as you already mentioned, you know, we just won the Youth Cup and there was a lot of young players in the squad. So it must've been good for you to settle so quickly. So which players sort of helped you? You know, Danny Haynes was coming through and other different players around your age that must have been perfect of course we had a lot of other senior pros around the club as I said Jason DeVos was the skipper and stuff um, and Jimmy Jilton as well you know went became manager after Joe but who helped you settle when you first came um, Daryl Knights and his family yeah. yes um, when I first came in they were amazing to me honestly I have to give them so much back because when I first got there they took in me and Billy Clark but I know Billy Clark was there before but you know, I come, came from some, uh, no, well, came from Canada, well, I came from Germany and they right away, Daryl was there. And then, so me, Daryl and, and Nicey were really close, but his family as a whole took me in and also Brian Clue as well. He really, he really, really helped me too, to really settle and Steve McCall. So, but mostly it was Daryl Knights and, and, uh, and Billy, Billy. Yeah. And then as time gone on, like, Trotz and Danny were coming through, but to be honest, they were quiet. People don't realize they're quiet. They had their head down. You know, they were there. Don't get me wrong. That's one thing I do like about that youth team too. They were, everybody was together. Like, you know, they were good. Like Dean McDonald, you know, he was my roommate when I first got there too. He obviously helped me settle too, but he just came from Arsenal. So, but they were a very tight, tight group. So I would say a lot of people did help me through my thing, but the biggest ones, my, I would say, would be uh, Billy Clark and Daryl Knights. And um, did you know much about, you know, Ipswich as a club? I know, you know, FA Cup, UEFA Cup and stuff, but did you know much about the area? Like, probably thinking, Ipswich, where's, where's yeah. that? I knew nothing, I'll be honest. I knew nothing about Ipswich. I even knew nothing about Kaiserslautern. Like, coming from Canada, like I said, you only knew Barcelona, Real Madrid. So, like, when they're saying you're going to Germany, I was like, well, I only know Bayern Munich. I didn't even really know about much about Dortmund or anything. So if it wasn't Bayern Munich, I had to start doing my homework. <laughs> so when I went to Kaiserslautern, when I went there, I was like, ooh, 
before I went, I was like, this is a huge club. Like, you know what I mean? They just want Bundesliga closer. Balak. I was just like, whoa. And then I went to Ipswich and I was like, wait a second. They won the they won UEFA Cup. So Bobby Robson's there, you know, all these but Sir um Self Ramsey. I'm just like, whoa, this club is different level. Like this is a huge club, you know what I mean? So then I I just did my research before I went there. And then I was like, they have a great Canadian connection, you know? And I was like, funny enough, I did know just a little bit because when I was going into, um, when I was with the national team, Craig Forrest does, um, he's on, he works for Sportsnet. So it's like a Sky Sports and he was, he does interviews. So I, he was interviewing me and I knew he played for Ipswich. So that's the only connection I really had. Him and Frank Yallop are the only ones I knew played for Ipswich. And I know he played in the Prem his whole life. So that's the only little thing I knew about uh, Ipswich but I needed to do more of my homework about Ipswich, you know, just to know about the history and the culture of it. So Definitely. And um, of course, you know, you, Joe Raw gave you your debut against Cardiff in a 1-0 win. You came off the bench and at Portman Road, I've just got the attendance. 24,000 fans are in the stadium. You know, what was your first memories of seeing Portman Road for the first time and then also making your debut in the championship? Um, it was very overwhelming, to be honest. Like, I played in front of like 50,000 fans, but for the national team. But it's different because everywhere we used to go for Canada, it's you're playing against 50,000. You know what I mean? Like you go to Honduras, it's 50,000 Honduras. But when you, when I went to Portman Road and you make your, you come off the bench and everybody's cheering your name, it's like, whoa, I've never got this before. Like I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? I was just very overwhelmed and grateful for it. I was like, oh, yeah. I was thinking in my head, I made the right decision. I called my friend, uh, David Edgar, that was at Newcastle right away. I'm like, yeah, this place is unbelievable. Like, I love this place. It was just my first time. But like I said, it was my first experience because I've never played in front of fans, like 25,000 fans that like you. You know what I mean? It was always like, always against you. You know what I mean? Canada didn't have that big support in terms of fans. So it was very overwhelming, but it was a very good feeling at the first time. Definitely. Of course, you went on to, to make 13 appearances that season 13 or 13 further appearances after your debut. And that must have been good for you. Just settling in, playing a few games. You know, that was Joe Raw's last season. Unfortunately, we didn't finish so great in the championship. But, you know, you played in some, you know, some big games in terms of playing at some other stadiums. Sheffield United, you played, of course, in the East Anglian Derby against Norwich. Unfortunately, we lost that game. But that first season, was that just a good start for you just to settle at the club? Yeah, I think it, it's a great. Well, I look back at it now, it was great that obviously I probably wanted to play more in my head at that time because I'm thinking, yeah, I'm coming from Germany, whatever, all these clubs. But I think it was a good settling for me. Like it got me under my feet and realized what it is to be like a professional footballer, you know? Because like I said, they grow up, everybody grows up in England and Germany knowing the culture of it. I was just taking it on as I go. So it was good for me. I like, I, when I look back at it, I was like, yeah, like it was, like I said, Joe Rell did well for me to help me to adapt, even if it's 13 or 13 games in the first season. So yeah, I think it was good. And of course, you know, then Jim Jilton came manager, you know, a former teammate of yours. Of course, you're, you're very young. And of course, Jim, you know, a tough Northern Irishman. Um, but what was your reaction when he came manager and what was your relationship like with him? Um. Yeah, when I first came in, he he like 
he liked me to be fair like I was playing and stuff like that and then for one whatever reason or not the second season he brought in players but in fairness it's not his fault like I said um, Johnny Walters he put him on the right and he had the season of his life so you can't complain like I had a I wouldn't say I had a great relationship with Jim but I didn't have any problems with Jim like Jim I think is a good person like a really good person what people have to realize yeah as a skipper he's top class but his job as a manager is to get results at the end of the day you know what I mean so when you're not playing you have to take you always have to look at both perspectives and obviously when I'm not playing I always used to tell people I don't care how much money you make I'm not happy no it's not it's kind of a personal thing like I'm just not happy I didn't come to Ipswich to sit on the bench and make money I came to play football so yeah, maybe I'm not, put it this way, yeah, I was never happy with Jim when I'm not playing, but I was always happy with him when I was playing. That was just me. When I'm playing football, I'm happy. You could say whatever you want to me and it doesn't bother me because I'm playing. If I'm not playing, I'm not happy because I want to be playing. So that was just my kind of like attitude, I would say. Like, so, but in terms of the way he was to me, I think he treated me okay. Like I said, I never had any problems with him. And I think it was a good time for, Ipswich at the time too people don't realize like he came when the money wasn't all the best too and he gave a lot of kids um opportunity to play you guys have to look at stuff like that like he still kept the culture of Ipswich gave a lot of us youngsters opportunities to play so again I think as long as like I said I'm still I was still playing games here and there more of the first season towards the end of the last the season I played regularly so that that's probably I would say my happiest time under Jim you know what I mean? But like I said, football's always ups and downs, right? My whole career at Ipswich was ups and downs. So like I said, the time you always hear when if you ask me about every single manager, when you do, it's like, yep, when I was playing, yeah, I was enjoying it. If I'm not playing, I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but you want to be playing, right? So. Because, um, you know, your first season or Jim's first season, you went on to play 26, um, 26 games. You scored two goals as well, one against Luton, one against mm-hmm. Hull. Um, mm-hmm. What was that like to score your first goal as well? You know, it was against Luton. I think Anne Lee scored a hatchery. I think it was live on TV as well. So yeah. you got memories from that game? Uh, yeah. Like, like I said, when, like, again, under Jim, it was good at that time because now I'm starting to play consistently, right? And you feel, again, you feel good. Yeah, I'm still young but I'm playing consistently and yeah, Jim makes you feel, he motivates you too. Like when you're playing, he's really engaged and he really, you know, makes you feel, feel into the game. Right. So it was good for me. Like my first goal, I was happy. Like it's always good to score goals. Right. So, and then everybody finds out that back home that you scored a professional goal. And so it was really good for me. You know what I mean? So. That's good. I want to, before we bring up um, other moments, I want to bring up, you know, your celebration with, you know, Danny Haynes, you know, that disallowed goal against Watford, you know, you guys dance and celebrate and then and you realise we haven't scored. <laughs> what's, your, what's your memories of that? Oh, it was funny because, um, yeah, even like before we used, they used to joke and laugh at me and Danny because we always be like, yeah, don't worry, when we go score, we're going to celebrate. You know what I mean? So, you know, we always had these celebrations ready for if one of us scored and so against Watford, we're thinking, yeah, we scored. And then all of a sudden, they say it's not a goal. And I looked back, right? I wish they had a picture of my face. And I thought, I'm going to get sacked today because they were they were on a counterattack, right? So I started sprinting back as fast as I can. I can always remember this. So sprinting, I'm thinking, please do not score. Because if they score, I am not going back into the changing room with Jim. 
I am definitely not going into the changing room with Jim if they don't. So luckily when I sprinted back, they didn't score. And I was like, oh my God. And But to be fair, after the game, he had a little banter with me, but I was thinking, please do not let them score on this chance because this would be an embarrassing one, but no chance, you know what I mean? So that was the feeling when they first thing, when after that celebration. And then obviously the jokes and the banter came after that. So a little big fun. Only because they didn't score, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 that'd be a different story altogether. Yeah. yeah. Of course, um, of course, now we've got, you know, VAR in the Premier League. And, you know, at the mm. moment, because Town are in League One, we don't have that. But, you know, you see so many great moments, sort of, you having to wait because, like, you've got, a, is it onside? Is it going to be allowed? And, you know, of course, back then, you know, when, when we played um, Watford in the FA Cup, there was no, there was nothing like that. Um, so you can celebrate and then, then you then find out, oh, there's no goal. But VAR now, you just got to like, do I celebrate? Do I make an amazing celebration or do I have to I like, know, right? Just, yeah. It's taken away. It's taken away from the game, right? I'm not being funny. If they did have VAR, that goal was a goal. So we would have been celebrating and we could have probably been in the next round. So, but I think, like I said, with VAR, I'm, there's benefits and there's not benefits to it. Like, I think when it's a goal opportunity, I think, yeah, you need to check it because that could change everything, you know? But some of these things like fouls, I think that has to be man, man-made. man Like, the refs have to make that decision whether it's right or wrong, you know what I mean? That's taken away from the... I just think it takes so much away from the game. So, just the motion and, like, fans, yeah, like, you know, having that amazing... Exactly. Yeah, like you said, like you have to wait to celebrate. By the time you want to, it's done. Like if you want to celebrate in the moment, you know what I mean. You don't want to wait every single time to have a good, have a good moment. So, and um, you know, after that season, you played a few more times in the other season. Then you went out on loan to Yeovil and Gillingham. Um, did you just feel like you wanted to play football, and or did you sort of say, you know, go out on loan, get some games, and then we'll find out what will happen? But you know, what was that experience going out on loan for the first time as well? Going to Gillingham and, and Yeovil. Yeovil is like you'll be thinking, where's Yo? What is Yeovil? Yeah, I was like, what is this place? But like you said, I just went to play games. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have no clue about Yeovil. I didn't even know where it was. Actually, at the time, Knightsey was there. Like Daryl Knights was there, so he told me a little bit about Yeovil. That's the only thing I knew about Yeovil, but. I didn't know anything else, but I was like, yeah, if it's where I could play, then I'll go. Like I said, I'm from Canada. So playing in Yeovil, going to play, you could go tell me to go play in in Russia, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. As long as I'm playing, I'm happy because at the end of the day, I'm Canadian. Like going back home is where I'm comfortable. No matter where else I'm not, I'm not saying it, I'm not comfortable there. But like I said, I'm Canadian. I always thought like, yeah, Toronto is going to be my home. So wherever I went, it was more of, I need to be playing football. So I didn't know anything about Yeovil. It was a good experience. Like, it was a really good experience. One thing about Yeovil is, because, again, their budget was really low, so they bring in a lot of loan players from bigger clubs. You know what I mean? And then you do get the opportunity to uh, to play a lot of games because, obviously, when you're on loan, they don't just bring you in. They can't afford to just bring you in and sit you on the bench. So, you know, you could get games in, and that's the beauty of going on loan, too. And when I was there, like... Um, there's Lee Peltier. He was at Liverpool at the time that I think now he's at West Brom and um, Asmir was there, my keeper. That's now at Bournemouth. So there was quite a few people. Gavin, actually, Gavin was, Gavin was there when I was there. So um, yeah, there was a few people that I was, I got to meet a lot of good players. 
that I played with at Yeovil at the time that were at, were at bigger clubs that came down to Yeovil. So Yeovil was one of those clubs, like you said, you'd leave there. They didn't have a lot of money, but a lot of people could go get play games so they could get exposure to try and go back up to that big club. So in that terms, yeah. And then I was only at Gillingham for a month, so it wasn't that long. So I don't really have a lot to say about Gillingham, <laughs> but Yeovil, I was there for six months and I really enjoyed myself, to be fair, because I was playing. And again, I know it was League One, but Nottingham Forest was in League One at the time. And so they had a couple big clubs that were there. So I'm going to big stadiums still. So it was it was a really good experience. Definitely. And of course, you, you of course came back and, you know, you played in Jim's last game, of course, which was the Norwich game. You came off the bench and we won that game. Unfortunately, I don't know if you know this, that was the last time we beat Norwich in the derby. We've played them, I think, a 10 or 15 more times. We haven't actually beaten them, which is a terrible record. I hate bringing it up, but um, what was that experience? That. <laughs> yes, it's terrible. Um, but what's your memories of that game, you know, Jim's last game and just being part of that, that, that win? And, you know, Giovanni Dos Santos, what a player he was. Yeah, um, yeah, Gio is de- different level. You could tell, like I said, people, you could tell different levels. Like you think, yeah, he was just at Barcelona, but I don't know how the fans looked at it. But when you were playing with him, you were like, oh my gosh, you could tell why he was at Barcelona. Like everything just came natural to him, you know? And like he's playing with, you're wondering why he's playing with a smile on his face because it came so, like, so not so easy to him, but so natural to him. So he's just enjoying football and he was that good of a player. And but it was good. It was good for me too because um, I used to play against him in Mexico anyway. So when he first came, is like, you know, I kind of knew him playing against him. So it was a good feeling. And but to play with him, probably one of the best players to play with him and Ivan Campo. The quality that these guys have, but like, I look at it and I'm just like, yeah, you guys don't get understand why they played. The difference between playing at Real Madrid and playing, let's say, at Ipswich is when Ivan Campo or Gio's pinging a ball to you, they could do it 10 out of 10 times and I'm doing it, let's just say like six out of seven out of times because the quality is always like top class, you know what I mean? So yeah, Gio is a leg, to me, he was a great, great player to play with, one of the best players I've played with, so. Definitely. I want to, um, before I carry on with your interest um, time, I want to pretty just go to Canada, you know, playing for Canada, playing for your you know national team, you know, you play, you know, had 21, 26 caps there. Um, that must have been good for yourself, you know, for family as well to, to be playing for your national team and, you know, what's your memories of playing for Canada? Um, when I went into Canada, I think it was the best time because <laughs> we played against Brazil, Argentina, Spain, Portugal. So we're playing against all the best teams in the world. Friendlies, but you're still playing against all the best teams in the world. So when I went in and I was young too, you know, you go play Portugal and you're playing against Ronaldo and Deco and Carvalho and Ferreira and these guys. And the fact that I was at these clubs, they, they recognize you. So I get to get their jerseys and stuff. You know what I mean? And then, um, but playing against them, like I played against Spain, it was a young Xavi and Iniesta and stuff like that. And uh, Ramos just signed to Real Madrid. And uh, that's when Torres was big. So I'm playing against all these future legends, you know what I mean? So it was a really good experience for me. And I'm still playing games like, I'm, you know, you're playing against the best players in the world. You know what I mean? You play against Brazil and Kaka's just like, he just won player of the year. So it's like, you know, you go play against Argentina and yeah, Messi's there and Tevez and Aguero and Maradona's the coach <laughs> so being around that is it's amazing and you see how they play together as you know top class players playing there at the time like Raquel May and Veron playing at the highest level I think because everybody more or less when you're at that club 
are top players. You can't be playing against Spain and you're at an average club, basically, because these are the top countries in the world. So the experience was unbelievable for me. You know what I mean? It's just unbelievable. And then playing in Central America, the fans are absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. People don't realize how the, the environment there is so hostile. It's good and bad. Like, if nothing happens to you, it's like, yeah, I got to experience it. But that's how hostile it is. You know, like, they they die for just watching these games. It doesn't matter who they play. So you're there and they... You know, they're, they're spitting at you. They're throwing their, their food at you. They're hanging off because they have a cage because they want to climb over the cage. It's like, you know, you're playing in front of these crazy fans, but at the same time, you're like, this is experience. This is what you sign up for. You know what I mean? So, yeah, playing for Canada was a great experience, I think. Like, I got to go. And I think the beautiful thing about football for me is in my journey, I got to travel to all these different countries. That's the biggest thing and learn different cultures and learn about different people. So the playing part is amazing too, but learning the different parts of these different countries, getting to play in other countries was, I think my biggest, like what I enjoyed most about football, getting to play in England and Germany and let's say Mexico and seeing how everybody type plays, you know what I mean? And the love of the game to see how much people and everybody talks about it's the biggest sport in the world, but you only maybe like, for instance, maybe, for example, you only experience England, right? Yeah. Where I go, you know, you go and I go play in Turkey and it's like, whoa, they love it just as much as English people, you know? And that's why it was very overwhelming for me because, like I said, we go to all these countries and they die for football. We go to Canada, it's like, well, yeah, you, you just play soccer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how they look at it, right? So it becomes a religion in all these countries and that's what makes you love playing the game, you know? So, like, even now, I think, playing in like not playing in front of fans some people it's good because they're not dealing with pressure but trust me like you said fans like for Ipswich I remember I think it's Jim Magilton's era that at home we only lost like one or two games because fans are like an extra player right so they play a big people don't realize they play a very big important role for not just um uh just not for team but like yeah for players you know so cool well um we'll get into you know returning back to town and talking about the next manager that came in Roy Keane you know what a player Mm -hmm. back in his day and you know coming in as town manager what was your reaction when he came manager and you know you played in his first two games at the end of that season so did he sort of of tell you that he was gonna play you and stuff like that um no um Roy's Roy you know what I mean like the more you're around him, like I said, for me, when I was playing, I'm happy. I get it. People would be like, yeah, Roy's a very hard person. But when I was playing, it didn't bother me. Like, again, I was young still. I think I was 23, 24. And one thing I would say about Roy, he is very demanding, very, very demanding. But he did like young people. He really liked the youngsters. So, like, again, he used to, I wouldn't say protect them, but he used to look after young, young players. But you have to also take the you have to take the other part of him is when you win everything and you're at that level as a player, he expects a lot from you. And like I said, it goes both, it goes both ways. Like if you're very motivated and you have a very strong character, you would really like Roy, like really like him because he'll push you to the max. Like he would really push you, but some people need to have their hand around them, you know, to support them, to say like, listen, you could do it. And I think maybe that's 
a little bit where he might struggle. But like I said, I really enjoyed my time like under him. I learned so much. Like you said, how much you have a coach, right? That's one everything. Why are you going to really question it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe some of the way he talks to you, you might not like, but I didn't really question it. I was like, well, it worked for him at Man United. Well, clearly it could work for me. And for the most part, it did. You know, to me, I think he's very simple. I just don't like, I think people can't take very straight people. And I've growing up in North America, people are very straight. So to me, he was just a very normal person. Like a lot of people are like, he's scary, but he's not scarier than my dad, by the way. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? My dad's a nice person. Don't get me wrong. And maybe he's not thing, but he's like North America. People are very straight. So to me, he's just like, I think he'd be great in North America because a lot of people are like him. So to me, he wasn't very, what people take him out to be. I think like under his era, I liked him. Like I liked him a lot. He gave me an opportunity, a chance when I wasn't even playing. Like you said, he played the last two games. Then I think through my whole career, I played most consistently under him. So why am I going to complain about the type of player he is or the type of person he is? As long as I was playing, I was happy, like I said to you. So I really liked him in that sense that, like, to me, he's a legend because I was playing. Every Like I said, every coach that played me, I liked because I was there to play football. And then however they were to you off the field, to me, that didn't bother me because I was like, again, a lot of people, I'm not that person anyways that's going to be talking thing. I like to smile. Like I just like to enjoy myself. You know what I mean? I'm not. So in terms of that, I never ever had problems with him. And like I said, I think he played a really important part in my career because like I said, I thought he, he used to like the youngsters a lot and he used to protect us to be honest. So, yeah. yeah I've, got, I've got stats up here, you know, under Roy, you know, in his first full season, you played 34 games. So that must've been good for you. Got that consistent run of games, you know, you scored another goal against Palace. It was a defeat, but again, scored another goal um, and just playing games is what you wanted to do. Then the second season, you then played more games. Of course, Roy got the sack, but must have been good for you now at a stage you're still young as you said playing games week in week out and you know there's a lot of new players coming in some big money you know Carlos Edwards comes in you know mm-hmm. as I said you mentioned you know your 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 you know families to Trinidad and Tobago and stuff so it must have been good to you know Carlos coming in you must have got along with him yeah like even under his era too that's maybe why I liked it too because a lot of the players he he brought in I I used to get along with so like you know you could say Carlos and Jason and Stern came on loan, but not even that. People like Granty, you and I, like I got, and like Lee Martin, these guys, I like, like these guys, I really got along with. That's probably the team most that Roy brought in that I was most close with, like Damon Delaney and these guys. Like I was really close with a lot of the players that, again, maybe it's just because I was playing all the time it could make a big difference too, but right. But the people that he brought in at that time made me feel more comfortable. You know what I mean? So I really enjoyed under his time. Like I said, you could start say I was playing the most under all the managers that I had. So like I tell you, I was enjoying it. The players that he brought in didn't bother me because I got along with them really, really well. So, yeah. And um, of course, now, as I said, he got, he got sacked. And then, you know, before Paul Jewell came in, we had two games. I'm going to go to the, the first game first against Chelsea, Stamford Bridge. 7-0 defeat, not great. Um, of course, you played in the other other Chelsea game as well. So what was that experience like playing in them two games against Chelsea? You know, but losing 7-0 is not great for any player. Yeah, like you don't, you try not to think about it, even if you're playing against Chelsea, you know, you think you lose that game. The only 
good thing that it got out of it was we got to play Chelsea and Arsenal in the same week and then you beat Arsenal and that's that's basically the highlight of it is that I got to forget about Chelsea because you go beat another premiership team you know what I mean like obviously you played against big players like Anelka and stuff but when you lose seven you don't want to talk about it it's like embarrassing you have pride right yeah I played at Stanford Bridge I don't want to really think about it because it wasn't a good result you know what I mean yeah maybe it's when you look back it's a good experience but who cares you want to win games you or at least you want to if you want to lose you want to lose one or two nothing you don't want to lose seven nothing that's not experience in my opinion <laughs> you know what I mean that's like forget about it and then but the the beauty of it is like three days later you go again play against Arsenal and you get a win so yeah like I said my biggest experience about um Chelsea is to forget about it because I just talk about Arsenal three days later. So that was the great thing. Like it was beautiful. And to do it at home as well, right? It's a beautiful yeah. thing, you know, in front of all the fans. Big club, you're playing against Fiberglass and Jack Wilshire and Clichy and these guys and you beat them, you know? And for me, it was extra special too because my parents were there. Well, my dad was there and I had a couple of friends that came over from, from Toronto that came to watch. So that was their first experience. Again, their first experience watching a game. They're like, they love Ipswich. They're thinking Ipswich fans are the best, man. You know, it's a sold out crowd and you guys are cheering for 90 minutes. They're like, even to be fair, when they went to the Chelsea game and they're like, Jamie, like Ipswich fans are better than the Chelsea fans. They're cheering. You guys are losing and they're cheering the whole time. They're they're sitting with you guys in the way supporters. They're like, this this is amazing feeling, you know? So that was, it was a little bit extra special for me because I had friends there too at the time to experience. Like I said, in Canada, you don't get to see games every week. You don't get to see play, teams play like Arsenal and Chelsea. So the opportunity that they got to see it and they got to see a friend doing it mm-hmm. makes it special for them, but also makes it special for me that, like I said, some oh, most of the players that I play with, they're from England or whatever, they're from Europe. So their parents and their friends could come see them more often. You know what I mean? Where I live 8,000 miles away, seven hour flight with a five hour difference. It's very rare you're gonna see people come see me. The part my, from my parents, they obviously came more often and my my sisters, but like you don't, have, you don't have family and friends that could come see you. So when they do see you, you get that extra energy, you know? So it was a really good experience. The fact that they could see that I was playing against one of the biggest clubs in the world and to beat them, so. Yeah, because you know that we recently had the anniversary of that game. You know, I know we lost in the second leg, but that night was just what a night. You know, Priskin scored mm-hmm. the goal, and you know for yourself, you had one hell of a game. You know, Andre Arshavin was attacking you. You know, signed for a lot of money from from Russia, and you know, as you said, playing against these great players <laughs> and added on to that moment having your parents, you know, watching and you know friends as well. So, what's your big memories from from the night and you know did you feel you know Fabregas of course came out and said we called us the rugby side but you know we got the job done didn't we hey they're always gonna say that right yeah. <clears throat> what's good football though I always ask people that these days when I retire what's good football the way Pep plays the way play Klopp plays the way Big Sam plays at the end of the day good football is what is about the result if if Big Sam won the premiership with West Brom, are we going to say they play terrible football? I, I guarantee you everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon and say, no, he played good football. That's why they won. Yeah, they. I always hear, like, I know you talk about, they talk about Big Sam, but why isn't anybody complaining about when he was at Bolton and he was playing proper football? Eh? He was playing good football? I don't, to, to be honest, do we know? No, it's because he was getting results and they were going to play in Europe, right? So at the end of the day, 
I don't care what anybody says. Everybody thinks like your eyes just get blinded when you're winning games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your team plays well when you're winning consistently. You know what I mean? So they can say whatever they want. They're just upset because not being funny, you lost. So you're going to come up with an excuse. If, if you play such great football, you should have beat us then with the football that you played. So in my, <clears throat> the way I look at it is we played better football than you guys because we beat you guys in that particular moment. <laughs> At the time, it was very much, as a club, it was very much a transition period. You know, we're, we're struggling in the championship. Roy Keane's been sacked 7-0 against our, uh, my Chelsea. Paul Jewell in the stand watching the game. Um, did you, what was your reaction when Paul Jewell came in and, you know, Roy getting sacked? Roy, of course, giving that trust in you to play games and now a new manager's coming in, you're like thinking, oh, I've got now to impress again. And unfortunately, Paul didn't give you a chance and which I'm sure was frustrating for yourself. And what's, what was the story behind that? Like he just came in and he just didn't give me a chance. I, there's nothing I could really say. So, yeah, some, like I said, <clears throat> yeah, I, if you asked me, I don't, not as a person, I don't like Paul Jewell, but I wasn't playing and he didn't give me a chance. So I'm not going to really, I don't want to really say much about him, but that's just football. Like you start growing up again and you realize he just, like I said, we were going through this transition and, but people have to, you have to look at it from the other perspective. You know, he's coming in, he needs to make a change. So he's going to bring in people that he trusts. And that's just the reality of it. Like you could basically say when Roy came in, he just trusted me. Some players were playing and they're not playing under him. I would got the opportunity to play under him. That's just what it is. So I'm going to like him. Yeah, um, I was playing under him. And then Paul Jewell comes in and he brings in players that he wants. And I'm not part of his plans. That's just football. At the time, you're up very upset about it. You know, you always want, like I said, I always want to play. So I'm going to be like, well, I don't like this manager. But you have to look at it from his perspective, too. Like, he's just going to bring in, it's his job, too. It's either his job or my job. And he's going to go with people he trusts. And he just didn't trust me. Or that's a question you need to ask him, right? But like I said, I wasn't getting, I wasn't under his plans. And you just have to sometimes accept that and just move on about it. So, like, like I said, during that time, probably is the darkest part of my time at Ipswich, but I'm not going to say anything bad about him. But like I said, that's just football to me. I get it. Like, I just don't want to say anything about him because, like, I, I'm to me, that's just not part of, like I said, I'm not playing. So whether it's up to him to make it Ipswich successful now, I'm not part of it. So that's all I could really say about that part of it. Because, you know, you can... You can sort of join along a list of players who he didn't give a chance to, you know, he, like I spoke to Shane O'Connor for this podcast. And, you know, once again, he was a, a player, was at Liverpool and, you know, was getting game time under under Roy. And unfortunately, when Paul came in, sorry, Shane, but you're not for me and see you later. There you go. And that's what you like, what he said. It was exactly like that. And that's why I said, like, again, managers, I, like I said, we could look at it in my perspective and I would sit here and say, well, I hate him because... I wasn't playing like he doesn't know anything about football but then you have to look at it from his perspective and be like well the team was mid-table close to lower table and the players weren't doing it the players that are playing you weren't doing it like you're mid-table right so I have to bring in players to change it so if you look at it from his perspective maybe it does make sense right it's like well I need to have we need to change something because what was happening wasn't working so people like me and Shane, we were part of the Roy Keane era that 
was he trusted like Roy King trusted us and it was working for him to now Paul Jewell has to change it up. And unfortunately he came in and most of the youngsters, the young kids basically weren't part of his plans. And that's just, again, like I just say, it's, it's a crappy part of football, but like you said, you have to sign up. When you sign up, you have to know you're going to go through these things. Not everybody's going to have a messy career and stuff like that. People think football is like that. Football is, kind of like what my career is it's up and down it's up and down like look at Pogba right now you know what I mean it's like he signed for 80 million or whatever and he's not even playing in Man United so again and we don't know the stories you hear stories and stuff like that but you just don't know from my experience like I said I just I always try and look at it from two perspectives you know what I mean I'm upset because I didn't play he should have played me maybe if he played me you wouldn't in my head I'd be like well if he played me we would have got better results but in his head, he's like, well, maybe if I played him, maybe I don't. So it just depends on, in, in your opinion, like I said, it goes down to your opinion now. It's like, who do you, again, you go to who maybe who you favor. Well, I like Jamie, so maybe Jamie's right. Or I like Paul Jewell, so what is Jamie talking about? You know, so it just, again, comes down to people's opinions and that's football. So that's all I could really say about it, really. That's fair enough. I'm, I'm very much on your side because um, I, I was a big fan Thank of you, you as a as, as a fan. Um, and you know, you. unfortunately, you know, well, Paul George didn't have a great time at town. You know, he he didn't didn't last long. But um, you know, you left and you know, mutual consent and all that. You, you know, you got your contract ripped up and stuff. And you know, that of course that must have been a sad time in terms of you now leaving a club you've been at for so long. Um, and you know, where were you in terms of your as well, like mental health and stuff, I'm sure you weren't, you know, happy that you're, you know, now going to be without a club and, you know, now going to have to try to find another club. Yeah, like, you know, I was the longest serving when they, you know what I mean? And I thought maybe you could treat someone better. But again, I'm not going to dwell on that, you know what I mean? But you're right. People think that you're okay. But even when you think you're okay, you're not okay. And me personally, I thought I was okay. Looking back at it, I don't think I was that okay because, like you said, I was there for so long. I'm not saying I got comfortable, but like it just became kind of like my home. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was there for so long, and and I started understanding what Ipswich is about just as a, as a whole. You know what I mean? And to think that yeah, why would you treat someone like that before he leaves? It's like well, you know, you get this kind of sour taste of like what's going on. Like, is this how life is supposed to be? What people don't realize, you become human all of a sudden. Now, you know what I mean? I'm out with people, are, you, you feel like me personally, you feel like you're not getting treated how you want to be treated. And then, but you try and deal with it. And that's where the problem comes in. Mentally, I thought, you know, well, I wouldn't say it's worse. I think a lot of players had a worth. I always say I've always had a great support system, no matter what. I have great parents. I have great friends and I have great family that helped me but like I look I said I always look at it now two years later I wasn't really that as good because like I said I was chasing something now I'm still so I had a dream and now I'm chasing the dream still because he's still I'm still young and I'm chasing him chasing and you're starting to come to a little bit of reality you know what I mean and like I said too it's like you could say it's a little bit embarrassing too because you're thinking yeah you're at a club so long and like I always, in my mind, I was always like, Ipswich treated me really well. So I have unfinished business there. And I still do, you know, like, I haven't watched a game since I left, by the way. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I would say I watch, like, I follow every single result. Every single mm -hmm. result. So like, now I know we're eighth 
and you know we have three games in hand sometimes and I don't know like, the style of play but like I said it's still family to me so it's like but I never never I don't even think I want to watch a game to be honest maybe if I go there I'd want to watch a game you don't but, want to <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> right. it's not great I'm not gonna lie it's not been good but I, I like like I said it, it came a family to me so like you know, you get a little bit sour, I guess you could say a little bit upset, but yeah, and then I'm moving on and then whatever happens, I'm not saying I fell out, fell out of love with the game, but like I said, it's different. You know what I mean? It's just different because maybe if I found a club that was at that level, you're still excited. You know what I mean? But like I knew my opportunities were not going to be as much because like I said, a lot of it had to do with my permit, like my passport issues. I knew that. So then after that, yeah, I just came home, you know, went to a couple of countries, just came home. And then I started coaching. Like my friend started a academy out here and uh, yeah, I just been doing that. Like at first I was like me and coaching, I was just doing it just to keep around football. But then it came something a little bit different for me because one thing about people don't realize it's not like England where you guys get players every day becoming professional footballers um there's 0.01 percent of canadians that become professionals so now like that i'm home i'm just trying to give back to these kids that have a dream and what people don't realize the reality is i'm coaching let's just say 16 players right and only one of them might make it it's scary so you look at it you say out of a thousand players in canada as a whole like so let's say you have a thousand players that are 17 years old only one's going to make it so I'm just trying to change that now that there's at least going to be more you know the and even at bigger clubs you know what I mean like it's great to see Alfonso Davies what he's doing now you know what I mean at Bayern Munich and we had a few players that were in England like obviously Simeon Jackson and Junior Hoylitz and stuff like that and then like Jonathan de Guzman was at Swansea but he played in Europe so we have you do have talent here, you know what I mean? But at the same time, the opportunity is different. So after playing, like, my football career is done, I've just tried to help in the coaching part of it, you know? But like I said, I always I always think different things because, like, football here is, like, 20 years behind, by the way, in terms of the culture and stuff like that. So it really bothers me sometimes because they don't get it. So it's like, oh, why am I even coaching here? I'd rather just go back to England and coach at some club that, <laughs> you know what I mean, that they understand the culture. But you just have to give back sometimes too, you know. But like I said, I was blessed. I always look back and everybody always asks me, so do you have any regrets in your career? And just like what we started at the very beginning, I'm like, no. Like, it's different if I was probably English, you know what I mean? But the fact that Canadians don't make it and what you have to go through. And like I said, I didn't have a European passport. And you guys know some of that, that like um, the difficulties of having a work permit and stuff like that. It, it changes the way my football could have football career could have been. So that's why I don't like using hypotheticals, because like I said, I could choose these certain clubs and my career could have been done earlier. Or I could have choose them and it could have done it could have been even better, but that's the hypothetical about it. So that's why I always, people will be like, why is he so happy? Because I'm just grateful that I got the opportunity to be playing, to go to these different countries, to play in front of fans and to somewhat have a really good, in my opinion, a great career.
you know what I mean? And hopefully now I could give back to these kids and hopefully they could have a better career than I did and not go through the same struggles that I had to go through. You know I mean, if everybody thinks it's just about, if it was just about football, again, like I said, too, people have to realize, <clears throat> you have to look at, yeah, Man United and Chelsea wanted me, right? If I went there, would we be having this conversation today? I wouldn't know who you are. You know what I mean? I wouldn't know any of such fans. Would they like me? So you guys have, everybody has to look at it like that. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have that opportunity. Would I be able to be called Ipswich family? Probably not because maybe if it was just about football, maybe I was at Bayern Munich or Chelsea or whatever club, or I could not have been playing football. So I try not to use hypotheticals too much. And I try not to look at the negative part of it because I think I was blessed to have a great football career for being Canadian and what I had to go through. You know I mean? So many times you get denied in the country it had nothing to do with my football career and as a kid people don't realize that takes toll on you because you think why am I doing this like no matter what I do it has nothing to do with the way I play football and it has a lot to do with just rules and rules are rules you can't you know what I mean you just have to accept them they're rules and they're put in place for a reason so yeah that's what I would say after my football career was done and I still want to give back to football and I think coaching, I'm starting to really enjoy it now because I have some good players. I have some really good players. Funny enough, I want to actually get in, in hold of Brian because I want to bring them over. <laughs> yeah, I want to bring them over to England like after this and, uh, you know, let them at least just get the experience. You know what I mean? To see the culture of Ipswich and even like just to see one game. You know what I mean? These kids never get like TFC. Like I said, TFC has great fans. And they talk about how great TFC fans is, but I'm like, you guys don't know about Ipswich fans. You know what I mean? You don't know about you don't know about Kaiserslautern fans. If you guys think that's good fans, you guys have no clue because, like, again, maybe it's just because I think Ipswich fans treated me well. I'm like, yeah, like you guys don't know the culture in Canada. We're so far behind, and that's why. And I just want to give back. So, yeah, that's all I could say about that, really. That, that's brilliant. A lot of a lot of my questions have been answered, so that's fantastic. But the one thing about you know, people don't know about the work permits and stuff. You know that always sometimes get like we've had a few Irish players who have not been able to play. I know it's a bit different islands, a bit closer, but there's been a few who had the red tape. They couldn't play for like over a year. They had to just play reserve games or not in reserve games. They had to play like maybe in-house friendlies. So people just don't know about the work permits and needing to get that sorted before playing. And as a player, it must be frustrating. You know, you want to be playing, but you can't. Yeah. Like I said, like in you're young, right? Maybe if I was like 30 and I'm having, I'm just making it, you could understand it more, but you're a young kid. What do you want to do? You move there. All you want to do is play football. And you're thinking, well, I'm chasing a dream. All I want to do is play football. And like, like you said, these Irish guys are coming over. It doesn't matter. They're not English. You know what I mean? They're coming from a different culture. It's still adaption. It's maybe an easier adaption for them compared to me, but it's still not home. So you're leaving home. You're leaving all your friends and your family. And then you can't even play the thing that you went there for. So mentally that could take toll. It's either you have to have strong character, basically. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you're not, you can't play for six months because that's what happened to me. You remember when I first went to such, you know? So you're playing behind closed friendlies, but is that football? It is football, but is that real what we came here for? No, it, you know, it plays toll. And again, that's where I credit Ipswich as well. They still made me feel like, yeah, we want you here. 
you know what I mean? That's, you know what I mean? So, and again, a lot of that has to do with your teammates too. Like they welcomed me with open arms. I know places you could go to clubs and it's like, you're taking my job. I'm not being your friend. You have to earn it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been grateful. Again, that's something I've been grateful to. Even when, like I said, when I went to certain places, they always welcomed me with open arms. It didn't matter what club I went to. So in that part, I was been blessed in my career that everywhere I went, there's always, I've never had that. You hear stories about, yeah, they never used to speak to me. I didn't, I never really had that, but I understand it. But I was like, that's just, yeah, like I said, the work permit part is, again, and it's every year it changes too. So like, it's so difficult to talk about because it has nothing to do with the club either. It's more, you have to find out what's going on about the work permit and what, like for instance, like we could use modern day now, you guys have great, ex great exit. So now with all yeah. these even Irish players or Scottish players, I don't know how it even works. You, the club has to find out and then the player has to find out what are the rules for them to be accepted to go play in England now. So it, it's just difficult, right? So a lot of players that want to probably play because everybody talks about the premiership and stuff like that. I think, like you said, you might see, you might see a lot of foreign exports or foreign imports coming in or you might not because like you said the rules don't you don't know year by year they change them so again that could be frustrating like you have to look at it now are people want to go through that stress do you really want to do it because again you have to be mentally strong what about you get denied do you still have to go somewhere else do you want to get denied how big is your confidence to just pick up and go somewhere else to another country right so it was um because it, it's, it's recently happened to a town player. He um, Janoy Donation. He's um from Saint Lu Saint Lucia. But the funny thing is, he was he was playing for Accrington Stanley, who are who are now a League One team with Town, and Town signed him. And we could only sign him on, on loan until he got a new you know UK work permit. Yeah. Like, it was just it was a weird thing going on. Like he he was our player, but he wasn't. It was sort of, and then of course it got it finally got sorted. But it was just a I'm sure for him it was a frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating, right? Because you're thinking, well, he's already in the country. Why can't he get a work permit? <laughs> That's what you think. That's the logic thing to think. But again, it has so much more things to do, right? And and even like what people don't realize too, like they like even Ipswich needs something that they could be allowed to take in foreign players. You know, they need like I don't know what it is to be honest, but they need some type of acceptance from like the FA and stuff like that. Not all clubs have that. I don't know if it's changed again, but when I was there, you know what I mean? So like me going on loan, that's part of the reason why I have to go on loan at the time, because signing for another club, I would have probably have to go through what he was going through and not all clubs have that. Right. So he, yeah, if he could assign, but maybe he, let's just say, for example, I'm just using an example. He wanted to go to Fleetwood or something. Maybe they couldn't have that. So he couldn't sign for Fleetwood. So it makes his, the teams that he could go to very limited now. Luckily, if mm -hmm. has that, but maybe, like you said, maybe Fleetwood Town doesn't have it or commentary. So only certain clubs he could go play for in England. And it sounds crazy, <laughs> but again, those are just the rules that you have to figure out. Like, and it's probably very frustrating. And I hope it, it got sorted and stuff because yeah. that, I think it's very frustrating. The thing with him is because he's been here since he was like a kid as well. Like he was here, he was like he came through the ranks at Spurs and Aston Villa, and you know he's been you know been mm -hmm. playing for like like ten years before he signed for us. So it was sort of a. It's it weird, different. right? So you're thinking he's been in the country for so long, he should be easily to get a work permit. That's how everybody would think, but again, and 
unless you have a British passport, well, now, well, European passport at the time, but now because of Brit exit, unless you have a British passport, it's not black and white how people think it is, right? So, yeah, for yourself, like, you know, you, you went back to Canada and you went into coaching. Did you ever feel like you wanted to get back into playing or did you feel like, no, that's, that's my past. I'm happy now to focus on bringing players through. And, you know, did you just feel like you just, there was an opportunity for you to go to a club that you felt like was, a, a, a you know, an experience to do? Um, I think a little bit of both. I think, yeah, I, I think more it's when you see players that are, you played against and you played with, they're still playing. You're like, well, I could still play. Yeah. And that's why I think maybe that's why I probably don't watch football that much. It's more like people that I know, because it's like when you don't watch it, it's like, yeah, you know, you've done well. But when you start seeing players that you're playing still, you're thinking, well, come on, I was playing with that guy and I was playing against that guy. It's worse when you played against that guy and you probably beat them. Like, you're, I'm a right wing. I'm thinking, this left back still playing? Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, for example, you're thinking, well, I could still play. But, so it's a bit of both. You know what I mean? Sometimes you do. But, again, the more, I guess, the more time I spend giving back, the more I don't really, I think I miss the dressing room the most or the everyday habits of coming into playing football and knowing that I had something to play for on Saturday and then having your teammates so you know are going like I said playing in front of <clears throat> at the time when I was there 25,000 fans and I know it's been going down at Ipswich so. yeah. but you know <laughs> yeah let's not get into that but like when I went there like to know that you're playing in front of basically a full stadium with people that like you I think that's what you miss the most but being a human again like I say people would be like what is he talking about he's blessed but no like the fact that you don't have to worry, you could do whatever you want. I can literally do whatever you want. I, especially in Canada, it's maybe different in England because they still know you as a thing. Maybe if I walk around Ipswich, people are like, oh, it's Jamie Peters, but in Canada, no one cares about me. So it's like, I could really live my life. You know what I mean? Do whatever I want. I could travel where I want. Not, I'm free. You know what I mean? So that's the beautiful thing of being Canadian too. You know, England's not the biggest sport or football's not the biggest sport. So it's like, yeah, I could... You know, you, you could take steps back and you could think of your life. You know what I mean? So that's the beauty of it, to be honest. I said, you know, before we, we start recording about, you know, fans, you know, you, you've got that cult figure status because I think not, you know, sorry to bring your size, but, you know, your stature and, you you know, you were pacing, you know, and just good on the ball. I think people just love just watching you play and you're a young player coming through as well. And one of my friends who, um, who when, when I told him I was speaking to you, he said, um, please ask him, you know, you used to dance to the beat of the warm up music. Do you remember that? Yeah, like it was probably like a ritual. So like, again, you have rituals and dancing to it, it just calms me down. You know what I mean? So people might think, yeah, whatever. It's just, it's something to not think of the game. So when I get into it, I'm more focused. Everybody has their own, you know, some people are very strict and they're very hard. They need to get warm ups. Me, it was, I needed to feel happy. What gets me into a happy place? And music relaxes me. So, you know, on the way to games, I'd have my headphones on and maybe I apologize to maybe, um, fans when they want to say hi to me and I'm walking into the dressing room I'm not doing it to be like thing it was just me to be, get focused into the game because music just relaxes my brain and then that's why after games I would take time to speak to everybody but before games to get me focused I listen to music and then on the game you know when the music that I like is playing I'm dancing to because I'm like yeah that's why I know I'm feeling ready I'm feeling I'm not nervous I'm not nervous you know what I mean so 
yeah, that's why I would do it, to be honest. That's brilliant. Um, in terms of, you know, you lived in Ipswich for so long, whereabouts did you live? And, you know, I'm sure, you know, you enjoyed going out with, you know, your, your teammates and I'm sure you met a few other people as well. You know, what was that like, you know, being part of the part of the town, you know, of course, close to London as well. So that must have been just good for, you know, as well. You're a young lad, you know, just want to enjoy life as well, as well as playing football. Yeah, like um, I had a, a flat, I was going to say condo, a flat um, near the station. Literally, the, um, the condos, the flats right beside the station. So I stayed there. It was good for me. I just got a place, like a two-bedroom, three-bedroom place, that um, two-bedroom that I could have friends and family stay with me. I wasn't really, I'm not really that, I wouldn't say flashy. Like, I, it didn't bother me. I was more of, I like to have people around me that I liked. So I could just got a place where people could come. They didn't have to stay in a hotel. They could stay in my place. And then it was easy access for them to get places that, even if I was somewhere, they didn't really need me. So that's why I got it by the station. So like if they wanted to go to London, literally they just walk across the street. They're there. They need to go to the game. I don't have to drive them to the game. So then again, that's part of my focus. So like I didn't have to be in the car and they're talking to me about whatever. I could drive there by myself. They walk there two minutes to get to the game. And I'm so yeah, that was that's basically what I did, basically. So I lived literally, I could see outside the stadium too. I, I, outside my flat is literally the stadium across <laughs> from the pond unit right there so yeah I lived in a to me an ideal location it was good for me and then like I said Ipswich is more of a family city so you meet a lot of good people you know what I mean so again some people like funny enough some people like I met some really good people at Ipswich that I still keep in contact till this day so it's good course you know you lived there for so long and have you have you I know you say you don't watch games anymore but have you ever come back to England since you know leaving you know it's not, of course England's not the best place to go on for a holiday because the weather's terrible um but have you have you come back since or have you, you just been yeah I used to come back honestly all the time to be honest okay. and then um but I honestly I used to just go watch I used to go watch my friends play so like I go watch Sim and Junior and and Jonathan I just wouldn't go watch it so to be honest Actually, funny enough, one Christmas, QPR was playing um, Ipswich, and I didn't go to the game, but I went to the stadium after just to go see Junior and stuff. So, so like, yeah, like I said, again, it's different for for me. Like, I get it. People would be like, um, "Why wouldn't you come back?" Like stuff like that. But or like, why would you? Why would you go watch people like QPR play? You guys would be like, but in Canada, like I said, it's zero point zero one percent makes it. So when your friend makes it, it's different. So like, people would always would be like, oh, you're playing against Sim. Do you hate him? I was like, no. But it, th like the derby for me was more of a personal thing of I can't lose to him because I have to see him again. I'm gonna fight him. Yeah, I hate his guts because he can't beat me. I don't want to go back to home because. You know, I always used to joke with him. He'd be like, everybody, we'd go on national team trips and he'd be like, he plays for Norwich. I'd be like, no, he plays for the, the, the smaller Ipswich team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Norwich is not a city. Like, that's my little banter with thing because, but I'm still proud of him making it out of Canada. That's what it's about at the end of the day for us. It's not like, like you said, in England, you guys could go play for all. I get it. If you play for Ipswich, you shouldn't like Norwich. And I love that part of it. But for us, it was more of like, I always used to say, yeah, Ipswich is the bigger club anyways. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, he's just playing for a smaller Ipswich team, man. They're not, they're not even a football club, you know what I mean? So that was more me. But like I said, I would go see some of his games, you know, but I go to see him play, not 
the fact of being the thing, you know what I mean? So, and like I go see Junior play when he was at QPR and Jonathan when he was at Swansea, et cetera, et cetera. Just because like I said, we don't get the opportunity to see our friends play. Whereas in, in these countries, you guys, you breed it, you love it so much that, yeah, I get it. You don't need to because you guys have something already there for you, you know, so. Definitely. And, um, you know, final question really is, or, or just for you to just send your message to, you know, town fans, you know, listen to this. As I said, you know, you're, you're still a very much fan favourite. Like when I was putting together the Arsenal video of like 10 years of, you know, celebrating that, like, you're like oh, oh, please get Jerry Peters on for it. And I went, don't worry, I'm, I'm chatting him for a separate <laughs> podcast. But um, what's your message to, to, to those fans who, you know, still remember you and just wondering how, how you've been getting on? Um, yeah, I would like to say I'm very grateful for Ipswich, especially the fans. They've always treated me with a lot of respect. And I do, I, I must admit, I do miss Ipswich fans. I do miss the city. Like, I, I think, yeah, Ipswich fans made me feel at home. So I do miss them. And I will come back one of these days. Actually, I'll probably come back next as soon as the pandemic's down because it made me really see that I really kind of miss football like I do. But I do want to come back and I still, again, unfortunately, I didn't give as much back as I hoped for. And I'm just talking about the success on the field. But in terms of what they've given me, they've given me so much. They, they play a big, important role in my future, not just as a footballer, as but as a person. So... Yeah, I'm just grateful for Ipswich fans, to be honest. And I will be back soon. I will be back soon. And they probably won't know I'm back unless, because I will tell you that I'm back and I'm in the city and we'll go have a drink or whatever. We'll go watch a game. But unless you tell everybody, I'll be back in the city. And if they see me, they see me. <laughs> That's brilliant. I always, um, I always wonder when I speak to different players who, um, you know, come from Canada or just, you know, come from, you know, Europe or something. I'm always wondering, can you understand me? Because I'm proper Suffolk. My accent is very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I became not Ipswich, but you know what I mean. That's where I stayed most of my when I was in England. So I. I know the accent. It, that's the only accent I kind of know, to be honest. Yeah. And the London accent. It's the other accents, like the Scouse accents, that uh, I'm not really familiar with. You know, when like people like when Gary Roberts used to come, I was like, "You don't speak English, mate." <laughs> it's like, what are you on about? We're yeah. supposed to be speaking the same language, and I I understand German more than I understand you. You know, yeah. but yeah. Can, can you um? Because, you know, we, we spoke earlier in the chat about, you know, can you speak a bit of French or not really? Um, I understand it, honestly. But speaking it, because I haven't spoken in a long time. Yeah. No, but funny enough, I've been taking lessons again because, again, now a lot of the kids in Canada are starting to speak French. So I'm, again, trying to be open-minded and I'm trying to learn French myself. And a couple of the kids that I have, although they speak perfect English, their first language is French. And as kids too, sometimes when I speak to them, it's difficult to comprehend in English because their first language is French. So it takes them a long time to understand. So I'm just trying to be a little bit open-minded and trying to learn French. So it helps out the kids a little bit better. So, yeah. The only reason why I brought that up was mm -hmm. because, um, you know, we had a, fr a few French players during your time there. So I don't know if you're able to like maybe help them out in terms of like we had Jimmy Guan and Sylvain Linsquinski as well. Like, I don't know if you were able to you know, maybe help them like out. So, so, so Sylvan, he speaks English anyways. Okay, yeah. But, but Jimmy, yeah, like, it was weird because, like, yeah, I could, I was kind of helping out Jimmy and he lived in the same flat place where I was too. So I would speak to Jimmy 
in French sometimes, but it was difficult for me because I didn't know it that much. So I'm just putting, when we speak, it would be funny, honestly, because I couldn't really speak French, but I could put like, he would say something to me and I could only reply to him, but putting words together and he would understand what I'm saying. So you people would be looking at us like, what is, like, what's wrong with these two? But I can't really speak French, but he could understand what I'm trying to say because of just the words that I'm using that I'm trying to put this sentence together. So I would try to speak as much French as possible, but my French wasn't that good at the time. But Sylvan spoke English, to be honest. So. Oh, yeah, of course, he was at Fulham before. Yeah, he was yeah. at Fulham, but, yeah. But Jimmy spoke no English. <laughs> but he was learning a lot, to be fair, when he was, when he was at, when towards like, I think like three months in, he was starting to learn a little yeah. bit of English. So, but yeah. And then funny enough too, I took a little bit of Spanish. So like when the Spanish people came, I would just use, again, I was just use words because <laughs> they, they put the words together because they didn't really speak English. I would, that would be our communication, but it wasn't really communication, but in, it is communication, you know what I mean? So just to make them feel more welcome at home, I would try, but yeah, my English, my German, or my French, my German, my Spanish is very broken. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I don't want to take more of your time up, but I just want to quickly ask you a quick little quick fire questions about, you know, your career as a whole. Um, for yourself, who would you say was the best player you played, you know, you played with, you know, for even for Canada just as a whole in your career? Um, so one would probably be interesting to everybody. Probably Asmir Begovic as a keeper. <laughs> yeah, like I, maybe I'm a little bit biased of it because I played with him through this, like the youth ranks. Canada, yeah. Yeah, so we were first trip that we went on under U16. Um, and then we both came to England. And then, funny enough, when I went on loan to Yeovil, he, he was on loan. And then he came on loan to Ipswich. <laughs> and then, so, you know what I mean? And then, but I always knew he was going to be a top class. Like, I knew he was going to make it top. And then he went to sign for Chelsea. Like, he was so good when he was playing for Canada. So maybe Asmir, but as a player, probably Gio. I really like Gio. Especially, again, I was a little bit biased too because I used to play against him against Mexico. And I was like, this kid. But he was already at Barcelona and we were like, this kid's unbelievable. He was a top player. So, we, you know, he was running through people and he's two years younger than me, right? And I'm thinking, holy, this kid's so good, man. <laughs> like, you know, he was running the show for Mexico even when he was like 14, 15 years old. So as a player, yeah, that's probably the best player I played with on the field. Asmir and Gio. Because, yeah. of course, Asmir yeah. went on to then play, you know, for Bosnia, you know, national team. Because I, I, when I did the research for Begovic as well, and I was like, oh, yeah, he, he was at Canada, you know, youth level. And then, of course, he then decided to play for Bosnia. And, of course, played, was, I think it was the Euros or the World Cup. Which one? I forget which one, but he both. played for Bosnia. Both. Both, yeah, yeah, both, yeah. Both, yeah, both. They made the World Cup when he was there, and he played in the Euros, I think. I'm yeah. not sure the Euros, but I know he definitely played in the World Cup 2014. Yeah, so that was, you know, that's fantastic. And then in terms of yourself, what would you say was your best moment in your career um, in terms of a game or just even just a moment, anything that sticks out every time if you if you look back and go, oh, I love that moment? Um, probably the Arsenal game, to be honest. More of everybody always talks about it too, because that's, again, that's the one game, not only that everybody see me, but it was live national television where everybody could see back home. So I think every time people talk about my game like the best game I played it's always that Arsenal game people always bring so I could always remember that game but yeah I think that's the game I could always remember to be fair do you still um 
do, do, do one of your parents or anybody in your family or yourself do you have an Itchwich Town like you know you know shirt that you have just for just for keepsake anything like that like all of them man I so I used to give away a lot of my jerseys but every year because funny enough they were changing we were changing jerseys every year like as in the color is a thing so every year I've kept one jersey of that year so I have like about 10 20 of them <laughs> to be honest actually I have one right now right here see <laughs> there we go oh, yes I love it yeah. yeah yeah it's right here it doesn't go anywhere man that's, they're yeah, always man. so big they were so big weren't they so no, big size. So yeah, I know there were so big sizes so yeah I have a lot of jerseys to be honest and again that's one thing I used to do too because again people didn't really had opportunities so I just give away a lot of jerseys to people back home and so a lot of my friends and families have jerseys of mine as well so that's good because you got to think you know back then you know we didn't have the social media oh not that long ago I don't know why I'm saying back then wasn't that long mm. ago but you know we didn't have the social media as we have now you know to have access to pictures and video and stuff and I'm sure it's that's totally what you different. to see yeah because the funny thing enough because i'm coaching kids right and they're all on the social media now but you're right back then we didn't have it so they're always asking me jamie do you have clips of you playing and i was like well do you guys have like do you guys have dvds because that you know what i mean everything's on dvds they think you could just search on youtube i was like it makes me feel old but not old at the same time i was like when i was growing up man we had to get dvds and stuff these kids just go on youtube they just type in youtube and they're looking for things i'm like yeah i wasn't in the youtube era i was in the dvds and the vhs's where you had to put it in and rewind it so yeah <laughs> and like now you can search like a a 14 year old like superstar in the making you can see all of his I clips know. you're thinking he's not even played for a professional game but he's got clips of him playing for youth football and you're like thinking that's exactly. already on youtube and that's seen. what i mean i've seen like i get sometimes like you said social media it's a great thing too it's good and bad right so i'm getting I'm getting like 10 year olds, these one or 10 year olds. I'm thinking, where are you getting these YouTube videos of a 10 year old playing for like Boca Juniors or just playing in the park, beating everybody? It's, it's very, it's times have changed, right? Times have changed a lot. So, definitely. Well, um, thank you so much, Jamie. Is there anything else you want to add before we, we wrap up? No, just thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I'll keep in contact with you. I'll come up there one soon, hopefully sooner than later, and we'll have a drink and we could talk, watch a game. So, that's it, really. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
www.facebook.com slash channel slash archer.